So we are in Matthew chapter 10, starting in verse 26. And I'm going to have uh, my wife, Kim, come and read like she did last week from Matthew 26 until verse 33. This is Matthew 10, 26 through 33. So have no fear of them, for nothing is covered that will be revealed or hidden that will not be known. What I tell you in the dark, say in the light, and what you hear whispered, proclaim on the housetops. And do not fear those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. Rather, fear him who can destroy both soul and body in hell. Are not two sparrows sold for a penny? And not one of them will fall to the ground apart from your father. But even the hairs of your head are all numbered. Fear not, therefore. You are of more value than many sparrows. So everyone who acknowledges me before men, I will also acknowledge before my father who is in heaven. But whoever denies me before men, I will also deny before my Father who is in heaven. This is the reading of God's word. Amen. So uh, we're going to do something different today. Um, Just try it. And if it doesn't work, we won't do it again. But uh, as you're listening to God's word being preached, if you have a question, I want to invite you to ask that question through the, um, the chat portion there of Facebook Live. And so if you're thinking of something... And you want to ask that question, um, we are going to give you some discussion questions to talk through after we're done here, if you're gathered with other people. Um, But we want to do it live. If you have questions for me, or maybe I'll invite Kim up too to help out. Um, And uh, she didn't know that, but that's okay. Um, And uh, we'll just do some live questions and and see if we can engage with that. So if you you think of something and you want to type it up for everyone to uh, engage with uh, at the end of the sermon, we'll do that. So just be thinking of that. I'll let you know when that will come. So Matthew chapter 10, let's review our context of where we've been the last few weeks, okay? Uh, The context of the whole chapter of Matthew chapter 10 is Jesus sending his disciples out to proclaim that he is Lord, that he is king of the kingdom. The kingdom of God has come in Jesus. So, So like he says in Mark chapter one, the call is to repent and believe. That's the essence of The gospel is to turn from your sin and turn towards Jesus and trust and treasure him for the the forgiveness of your sins. So um, he sends his disciples out and he tells them, here's what I want you to do. And James did a great job talking about that in the first few verses of chapter 10, three weeks ago. And then last week we looked at Jesus' promise that when you do this, when you're faithful to go out and seek to make disciples and call people to submit to King Jesus as King of the kingdom and repent and believe, that there's going to be resistance. And at times it's going to be severe. It's going to be intense. It's going to be painful. So faithfulness equals persecution almost all the time. Um, And then naturally, following this news about faithfully sharing that leads to persecution, Jesus brings a word of comfort about our emotions. Isn't it cool that Jesus addresses our emotions? That Jesus knows on the heels of this word that he gives us about persecution, that he knows how we're going to feel. He knows how we're going to feel. I don't know about you, when I hear last week's sermon, it's easy for me to feel a clear emotion. That emotion is fear. Nobody likes persecution. Nobody says, oh, that sounds good. I'll take some of that. So it's natural for us as human beings to have human emotions. And one of those foremost emotions is going to be fear. And 
And, and, and let this land on you this morning. Isn't it amazing and, and beautiful that Jesus knows our emotions? He doesn't just blow us off and say, hey, just suck it up and deal with it. Like, what's your problem? He doesn't say that. He doesn't respond to us that way. He's a, he's a faithful shepherd who knows how we feel. He's wise. And he knows that we struggle with fear. He doesn't blow off the issue. And he lovingly speaks to it. And so that's what we're going to focus on today. Jesus knows that in the face of faithful evangelism, we're going to struggle with fear. Small persecution or large, we can fear it all. And Jesus wants to help us. So he gives us a word that we have today that, that Kim read for us. So let's look back at verse 26. Let's, let's break this down now and, and, and look at it in more detail. It's verse 26, he says, So have no fear of them. Have no fear of persecution that's probably inevitable if we're faithful to share our faith. So he says, have no fear of them for nothing is covered that will not be revealed or hidden that will not be known. What I tell you in the dark, say in the light and what you hear whispered, proclaim on the housetops. So right out of the gate, Jesus says, I know you're gonna be fearful but he commands us not to fear. So then the question is, why? Why should we not fear Jesus? Jesus, tell us. Well, he's faithful. He does. He tells us. Look at the logic of the verse. So have no fear of them, comma, and then that word for, when you see that word for or because, you know that the logic is coming. Here's a statement that I want you to command, and then I'm going to give you the reason why I'm commanding you to not fear. He's a good teacher. For nothing is covered that will not be revealed or hidden that will not be known. What I tell you in the dark, say in the light, and what you hear whispered, proclaim on the housetops. Now, what's that got to do with me fearing? This might be a little strange, right? Great question. So what Jesus is getting at here is what I would summarize as Christian confidence. He's, he's giving us the foundation for Christian confidence. See, oftentimes Christians can hear from a secular culture, Christians, man, you guys are on the wrong side of history. You guys are on the wrong side of history. Meaning those in the future will look back on us declaring the Christian worldview, declaring that Jesus is Lord and denounce us for not thinking correctly. Kind of like we look back on the 1840s or before and look at those who held slaves, and we go, man, that was messed up. I can't believe they did that. And oftentimes we hear the same today that people are predicting in the future that people are gonna look back on us and say that man, we're on the wrong side of history. But Jesus says here, I know the truth. I know the future. And one day everyone is going to see the truth and accept it as truths. Those, those truths that are foggy in everyone's mind today are not going to be foggy on that future day. Philippians 2 says that one day every knee will bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. It's a done deal. It's a, it's, it's, I mean, if you're gambling, it's 100%. You're gonna win if you bet on that. 
So Jesus says here, there's coming a day when, 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 when what is covered is going to be revealed. What is hidden will be known. What, things, what people are unclear about now will be clear on that future day. And you won't be on the wrong side of history. Jesus is saying, take heart. You are on the right side of history if you're being faithful to share the gospel of God. The good news that we all need to hear that there is a plan of salvation. Like there is escape from the wrath of God. There's new life and adoption and eternal inheritance in being loving and being loved by God. So this is just, so Jesus is just saying, have confidence. You don't have to fear. You can have confidence in your message. You are on the right side of history. Like things that are unclear now are going to be clear in the future. So don't shrink back. You can have confidence. Never arrogance, but confidence. Everything will be, re- will be revealed to be true on that future day. So don't be afraid. Say it now. It'll be clear in the future, so go ahead and say it now. That's what Jesus is getting at. Let's keep reading. Verse 28. And do not fear those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. Rather, fear him who can destroy both soul and body in hell. So notice repetition here. This is the second time now that Jesus repeats. Don't don't be scared. Don't be fearful. Christians have to fight against this fear mentality. Don't fear physical death, Jesus says. Jesus is just saying we have to get his perspective. You see that in verse 28, how he's asking us to embrace his perspective, to not think about our perspective, but to transition to his perspective. He's saying, look at it in verse 28, there's things that are worse than physical death. And that is spiritual death. Jesus is simply asking us to accept what I would call proportionate thinking. He's asking us to accept proportionate thinking. Like physical death is bad. And yeah, no, it's, it's clear, it's bad. Not enjoyable. I've stood next to people that are in their last hours. It's not, endo- it's not enjoyable. We can be honest about that. We don't have to dismiss that. But Jesus is saying, if we can receive it by faith, in proportion to eternal death, physical death is not that bad. It's nothing. This kind of thinking, if we can receive it by faith, is going to greatly, Jesus says, greatly help us when we're fearful. Okay? Let's keep reading. Verse 29. Are not two sparrows sold for a penny? And not one of them will fall to the ground apart from your father. But even the hairs of your head are all numbered. Fear not, therefore, you are of more value than many sparrows. So you know how when you love something, you know details about that thing that you love, right? Think about anyone who is in love, like really in love with anything, Think about that for yourself right now. What's something that I just love? Maybe it's cooking. Maybe it's gardening. Maybe it's working on cars. Um, I, I would imagine that whatever that thing is that you really love, 
you have a lot of details in your mind about that thing. Like, for example, I think of um, people in Madison. I know a lot of people in Madison or all throughout Wisconsin who love hunting. And man, opening day of deer season, they are ready. And man, when they talk about that deer that they got last season, they can tell you all the details. It's got that picture is burned into their brain. Burned into their brain. They, they got the weather. They got the angle of the shot that they, that they had. They got the smell that was in the air. They got the, the, the pace that that animal was moving. They can still see it in their mind. That the twitches that that animal made, maybe that they, they thought that maybe they, they, their, their hideout was given away because the animal was, could smell them and they were downwind or something. That feeling of like, man, I got to breathe. Maybe this animal can hear my breathing while you try to stay perfectly still. So if you ask that person who loves hunting, they can tell you everything down to the details of that moment when they got their deer. See, when you love something, you really know the details about that thing you love. So my my son Taylor, when he was little, man, he was a fanatic about what? What am I going to say? Probably about dinosaurs or Star Wars. Dinosaurs or Star Wars. I've picked Star Wars. So Taylor was a fanatic about Star Wars and he would go to the library and I didn't know these things existed, but he would go to the library and check out Star Wars encyclopedias and he would come home and he would just hour after hour pour over those encyclopedias and he's got a brain that really remembers things well and so he could tell you everything about those weird Star Wars characters that you didn't even know existed, like Mace Windu. Who's Mace Windu? Like, can you remember any details about Mace Windu? He has a purple lightsaber. He has a purple lightsaber. See, I didn't know that. See, Taylor still remembers the details. This is 10 years later. And so, like, no, I didn't know about Mace Windu. Everyone doesn't know about Mace Windu. Mace Windu. Anybody out there heard of Mace Windu? I hadn't heard of Really? Is he in the movies? Yes. Oh, well, there you go. See, I'm not an extreme Star Wars nerd. But um, anyway, the whole point is Taylor would just memorize these details because he was in love with Star Wars. He would talk about it. Like the people, the races of people that have been created, languages they speak, weapons they have, sensitivity to the force or not. Like the history of these people groups. Taylor memorized all this stuff because he loved it. He knew it down to the details. So what's that thing in your life that you really love? Like, I really love my wife, Kim. We've been married almost 22 years. I know lots of details about her. I know lots of details about my kids. I love all four of them dearly. And that's what Jesus is getting at in his logic for us today on why we shouldn't fear. Look at what he says in verse 30. Think about how deeply this is a word of comfort to those who are struggling with fear. He says, take heart. I know the smallest details about you. I know the smallest details about you. Look at verse 30. Even the hairs of your head are all numbered. Think about tiny, especially in my case, I barely have any. I don't know if he can number these because they're they're small. Uh, and they're rapidly decreasing. But even God can, can number my hairs. That There's not much left. Think about how small your hair is. 
how tiny one little strand of hair is. Like, think about that. And Jesus says, he knows the number. He knows the number. He pays attention to the finest details about your life. What does that communicate? It communicates that he loves you. It means that he loves you. See, when you know that you're loved this much, it's hard to stay in a posture of fear, right? It's hard to stay in a posture of fear. The Bible says that perfect love drives out fear. So Jesus, man, there's powerful logic here. He knows the smallest details about you. Even the hairs of your head are numbered. So you don't have to fear. You don't have to fear. He's got you. He doesn't know you just from afar. He doesn't know you from a distance. He knows you with microscopic precision. And this is now the third time we see, if we keep reading in verse 31, this is the first time, or I'm sorry, the third time that Jesus says to fear not. Look at verse 31. He says, fear not, therefore, meaning embrace my logic, you are of more value than many sparrows. He just got done saying, man, when a sparrow falls to the ground and dies, I know about it. I know about it. And he's saying, again, proportionate thinking. You are of so much more value than sparrows. We push back against fear because we know how much Jesus loves us. He's told us right here. Again, he's asking us for proportionate thinking. Think about you versus sparrows. Now, all of us can do this, but we probably don't think about this um, you know, in reference to sparrows. I think a classic example is like the house is burning down and you got maybe 20 seconds and the baby's in the house and the dog's still in the house. What are you picking? Man, I love my dog. Sorry, I'm taking the baby every single time. We all know about that, right? We all know about that. We all know and understand proportionate thinking. And Jesus is just saying the same thing here. He says he loves birds like many of us love dogs, but you're so much more valuable than birds. Jesus is saying when the house is burning down, guess what? He picks you. He picks you. So since you know that he's picking you, don't fear. Jesus is going to come to your rescue in this life or the next. It's just a matter of time. It's just a matter of time. It's a matter, it's not a matter of if, it's just a matter of when. Let's keep reading. Verse 32. So everyone who acknowledges me before men, I will also acknowledge before my Father who is in heaven. But whoever denies me before men, I also will deny before my Father who is in heaven. So Jesus is just saying here, if you show a consistent pattern of rejection of God, God will reject you. And that's, that makes sense. If there's never a time in our lives when we will stand up for the truth, what does that say about our relationship to God? Like if, if, if I never stood up for my wife, what would that say about my relationship to my wife? you probably wouldn't think that I really love her or value her. And, and that's just the, the idea here. If you consistently, over time, now, of course, Peter denied Jesus. There's yet hope for those who deny Jesus. But if it's a consistent pattern, 
Jesus reinstated Peter. But if there's a consistent pattern of doing that over and over again, that's your lifestyle. Just like, God, I don't want you. I'm, I'm rejecting you. He just says, then, then I will reject you too. It just makes sense. So here's the whole point this morning. Here's what Jesus wants us to embrace. He's saying, listen, life is short. This is the Christian worldview, okay? And this is where he's asking us to embrace his line of thinking. Life is short, eternity is long. Life is short, eternity is long. Jesus wants to radically reorient our perspective, asking us to embrace proportionate thinking, his proportionate thinking, and let our thinking be defined by him and not by us. Let him climb into our world and redefine some things for us. What that implies is ears to hear. Like, Jesus, I'm willing to listen to you. Jesus is just saying, have no fear of persecution that even could lead to death. He just, it's just a command. Don't fear it. Don't fear it. Because I've got you. I've got you. Now, an application that might be a step beyond the immediate application here. The immediate application here is persecution for your faith. But a, a farther out application is probably what all of us are enduring right now. The fact that we have to gather like this in a virtual format. And that's the COVID-19 virus. And for a lot of us, death might be on the brain more than normal. But I think Jesus wants us to hear this morning, even if COVID-19 gets us all, and that most likely is not gonna happen, but even if it did, don't fear death. It's a command. Don't fear death. Why? Because I love you and I got you and I've chosen you, right? COVID-19 is not the right thing to fear. The right thing to fear in the sense of having respect and reverence and awe is the God of the universe who holds the keys to heaven and hell in his very hands. So fear him, have reverence for him, have awe for him, have ultimate respect for him and know and embrace that he loves you intimately down to the very hairs of your head. And and also don't fear because Jesus says, look at my actions. He said, hear my words, have ears to hear to my words right here in Matthew 10, but also look at my life and look at my actions because I think what Jesus wants us to hear by his spirit this morning through his word is that if the resurrection of Jesus is true, and it is, then those who come to him and are joined to him in trusting him and treasuring him above all else, they too know that even if COVID-19 gets them, the resurrection is going to happen for us too. As we're joined to Jesus by faith, one day we will rise to new life to live forever with him in perfect relationship of love, loving him and being loved by him. So if you know that your sins have been forgiven by Jesus, where he took your place, where the wrath of God was satisfied, and you know that Jesus rose from the dead to conquer the penalty of sin, which is physical death and spiritual death, if you know these things are true, Jesus says, if you know my words and have ears to hear, if you know my life and you see what I've done, then there's nothing to fear period. Hear that this morning. Those that are wrestling with fear, hear that this morning. Jesus has got you if you know him, if you trust him, 
if you treasure him and there's truly nothing to fear. Let's pray. Father, we thank you this morning for your word of comfort that is so timely. We praise you that you've given it to us. Lord, we pray for ears to hear and eyes to see that this would sink deep truly down into our hearts and that you would change us as a result. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So, like I said, does anybody have any questions that you would like to ask about anything from the text, um, an application of the text that you're thinking about? Um, Go ahead and write that question, if you have one, um, into the chat section there right now. Anybody have a question that we could address and, and listen in on uh, a response to? Hmm. Anybody have a question here in this room right now? Emers? Emers says no. Let's see. Going once, going twice. All right, Taylor says to leave a little bit of time for people to type or think. Um, Kim, why don't you come up here? You, there's still time here, but um, Kim uh, is going to present some discussion questions for us that we can talk about however we're gathered um, after we sign off here. Um, and maybe uh, Jess Allen or, yeah, Jess Allen, I think you're probably watching. Um, Jess, Jess give, me a, give me a thumbs up if you're, if you're watching. Um, I think you did a great job of this last week. Um, oh, yeah, there we go. There's a question. Uh, all right, so we got two questions. We'll hold off. Verse 28, does it make sense to me? Can you explain it again? Great question. Verse 28, and do not fear those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. Rather fear him who can destroy both soul and body in hell. What Jesus is just simply saying is that um, there's physical death, killing the body. He's talking about temporal physical death, okay? Um, And that's bad. But... There's a, a, a spiritual death, and that's what, that's what killing the soul means, meaning your soul will be dead, meaning spiritually dead. He's talking about hell here, being eternally separated from God. And so um, that's what he's talking about. He's like saying, don't, don't worry about physical death, but worry about, I mean, you can worry about it in a temporal sense, but in a proportionate sense, Physical death is way worse than eternal death, being separated from God, having your soul not be alive with God forever, but, um, but dead. What's that, honey? You switched that. Oh, I did? Yeah. What did I say? You said that physical death is way worse than... Sorry. Thank you for the correction. Uh, <laughs> spiritual death is way worse than physical death. Okay. Uh, let's see. What else do we have? Um, I'm going to see. Uh, could Matthew 10, could you comment on the second half of verse 28 about what we're supposed to fear? Okay, just did that. Thanks, Linda. Uh, 
Consensus is well done, Zach. Thank you for encouraging us. Oh, okay, that's not a question. Uh, yes, Jess is, at, Jess is watching. Thank you. Um, all right, any other questions? We'll call that good. So um, Kim has some discussion questions. Jess, if you could maybe type these up and summarize them um, here and on Slack uh, while Kim does these for us to talk about. Um, so what did you come up with then? So the first one you've kind of addressed, but like what is proportionate thinking and how can this help us in our fear? So what is proportionate thinking? How can that help us in our fear? So what are more discussion about what am I not to fear and what am I going to fear and how does that help me like in that emotion? Um, what reason do we have not to fear? Um, how does this comfort you and give you courage? So another way to say that would be, how is it significant that you're of more value than sparrows, that he knows the number of hairs on your head? Okay, so how does that bring you comfort and courage? Sorry, Jess. <laughs> um, how has Christ made known what is hidden? Okay, and then how can you be more courageous in your declaration and demonstration of the gospel? So if he's revealed who he is in the gospel, how, can, how does that help us to be more courageous in our declaration and demonstration? And think about maybe some creative ways to do that during this time. Um, since we're not going to work, we're not maybe with our neighbors, um, what are some creative ways we can do declaration and demonstration? Um, and then just what are your current emotions? Process those together with who you're with. Um, Jesus knows those emotions and fear, so pray through those emotions and fears. And then I would just encourage you to find truths in God's word um, together that speak to those and encourage one another, those, uh, one another with truth from God's word. You want to um, summarize those real quick? Yep. So proportionate thinking, how does that help us out of fear? Um, what reason does the text give to not fear? So how does that bring comfort and courage to know that we're more significant than sparrows and he knows all the details of our lives? Um, how can we be more courageous in declaration and demonstration of the gospel? And then what are your current emotions? Um, and then whoever you're with or maybe virtually, um, encourage one another in God's word um, through those emotions.